Have you ever been hard at work and wondered what life is like in Italy? Have you considered packing up your stuff and moving to a foreign land? Are you curious about what it would really take to move to your dream destination? If you answered yes to any of these questions, please join us as we meet with my friend Danielle Moretta Couch, who is connecting with us through Zoom from Arezzo, Italy. Danielle is an avid traveler, a living example of how to joyfully embrace life. She's funny as heck, a great writer, and a wonderful photographer. She left Petaluma, California behind and followed her dream to move to Italy in 2018. She's been there through some wonderful and some difficult times, and we're so excited to have her as our special guest today. Hello, welcome to the Fashion Adventure Beauty podcast series. We are Lisa Farr, editor and director, and I am Lydia Zip, your host today. We love beautiful fashion, traveling with friends, and exploring and embracing the beauty in the world. In the Fab podcast series, we shine a spotlight on everything from our favorite boutiques to the must-see sites at our favorite travel destinations. We are interested in learning what you want to know more about in these categories, so please send us your suggestions and comments, and we'll be sure to reply to them all. Welcome, Danielle. We're so excited to have you here today and to learn all about a wonderful trip that you have been on for the last over two years now. Over th almost three. Almost three years. Yeah. That's so yeah. exciting. So I have like 10 million questions for you, and I'm sure we'll go off in a million directions, but I wanted to start with like, what sparked this idea? Do you remember the day it happened and um, and what 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 why Italy and uh, how did it all begin? Well, the first European trip I took, uh, my sister and I went backpacking through Europe in um, 1991. And uh, of course, we fell in love with Europe. And my husband, before we met, he did the same thing in 1992. So we both had that experience under our belt uh, and traveling in the early 90s before internet, you, you traveled with a book called Let's Go Europe. And it, it was just a different experience. And every country had a different currency because it was before the euro. So it was a great learning experience. And we definitely got the travel bug at that point. Uh, then later on, um, we always spoke about how we regretted not doing a year semester abroad in, in Europe and how we, we just were there for a short amount of time and it would have been good to really stay an extended amount of time. And then as far as your question is, when did this come up? I know the specific date in conversation. That this <laughs> I thought you might. So, <laughs> my husband um, was delayed. He was delayed Dallas airport and he sent me a text and he said, my San Francisco flight was canceled but the next flight to Madrid is in 15 minutes. Can I go? And will you meet me there? And I texted him back and I said, no, you have to come home. And he said, no, I'm serious. Why are we doing this? Why are we working so hard? Let's go to Europe. So I, I just dismissed it and he came home. And the next day we talked about it and he said, we need to come up with a plan. We need to do this. We're not going to live forever. Let's do this while we're young. So that we started planning in um, 2009. And we didn't tell our friends in Petaluma until a year before it was our launch date, which was 2017. And we told our family as well. No one believed us, <laughs> no one believed us that we were going to quit our jobs 
And at that time I had told my husband, if I'm going to quit my career, we have to do this a minimum of two years because I'm giving up a lot. And, um, we also had a dog and she was coming that there's no question. So we did travel to Europe with a French bulldog. And so, <laughs> um, but before then, uh, I also got my Italian citizenship through heritage. I'm half Italian and, um, my father's family is from Basilicata. It's the southernmost region, um, in Italy, it's at the arch of the boot. Okay. And I have family there. So um, my extended um, Marotta family, or as they say in Italian, Marotta uh -huh. and Volta, they're down south. And so um, we got my citizenship and that has made it tremendously easier. Um, being an expat without a European um, citizenship is very difficult. So okay. our journey has been a lot easier than most expats. That's wonderful. That's wonderful. What is one thing you wish you had known before you packed everything up and, and landed in, in your dream best destination? That would be knowing the language. Okay. <laughs> um, I, everyone had told me that knowing Spanish was going to make, you know, a huge difference and impact and Italian is no different. Well, huh. let me tell you, Spanish has hindered me so much. I, I get corrected all the time that I'm speaking Spanish, not Italian. And uh, a lot of the words are not the same. And some verbs don't match up with the Italian verbs. So, um, yeah. It's not Have you found yourself uh, making, making some blunders? <laughs> uh, yes, but everyone is gracious. And oh, they, a lot of people know English. Yes. They okay. know I'm trying. But there's right. also Google Translate, which is helpful. So what is your, what is your advice for people thinking about moving? Do it, do it, do it. Life's too short. Um, especially when the last year, um, we have zero regrets doing it. I think my husband might say he regrets not doing it earlier. Uh, it, it, it's, it's been a wonderful experience for us. How did you pick your apartment and your city and how did you decide where to we, live? <laughs> to Italy without an apartment. We okay. had never even been to the city we chose to live in. So okay. my family is from a very small village of 3000 people. So um, we knew we couldn't live there because there was no, um, you know, we weren't going to have transportation. There's no public transportation there. And um, we went to the provincial capital of the region, which is called Potenza. Um, which is the pro province of Potenza, but the capital of Basilicata. And um, we had never, ever been there before and didn't know how vertical it was. And there's an escalator system that brings you to the top oh, no. of the town. That's their public, it's not a subway system, it's an escalator system. What? And it's the longest escalator system in all of Europe. And we didn't know how to use it. And again, we were trapped. We just took a train there, got off the train and had a dog. My husband had a bicycle case with him and we each had a suitcase. And, uh, it, we, we went there sight unseen. And so we stayed, um, in an Airbnb for a week and the Airbnb person, uh, I asked if they knew a translator because my cousin was helping me. And I had sent an email to people who were translators so they okay. advertised my cousin found no one responded to me. Mm -hmm. And so the Airbnb person said, Oh, 
I'll find someone for you. And they went to work and they asked if someone would be a translator for these tourists. And we got a 21 year old who speaks fluent English and he helped me with everything. So it was just completely lucky. Beautiful. Beautiful. But we winged it. I would say we did. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. (laughs) I love it. Well, Well, tell me about a typical day for you, like in the beginning. Okay. In the beginning, the first, um, the first three months I was in municipal offices, um, weekly. Okay. I had to, I, as I said, I was traveling with a dog. So I had, I had to, um, get the U S department of agriculture paperwork for my dog to make her come to Italy. And then when I got to Italy, I had to put her in the EU system. So she had all her immunizations. And so we went to the, um, veterinary services of the whole, region. And then we got her a pet passport so I could travel with her outside of my region. So, and then I could travel with her back. Um, then we had to get my husband's paperwork in order because his citizenship paperwork is still in Rome. And so he, um, is, he has a a permission to stay visa. I don't know how to describe it. Okay. It's not a green card because they don't do green cards here. And, um, he gets a family visa, if you will, because he's married to me and I'm a naturalized Italian citizen because my family is Italian. So we went to the police department to do that, (laughs) but it's the immigration police department. We also had to become residents, but because my husband's paperwork wasn't going to be done in in the right order, there's a certain order you're supposed to do this. Um, I had to become a resident first. And they do police checks at your house to make sure that you really do live there, but it's unannounced. So we had to have an unannounced police check. And then after that was done, then my husband got an unannounced police check to get a visa. And then after that, he had another unannounced police check to become a resident. And then once we both got residency, then we're able to get national IDs, but they're also European IDs. Driver's licenses are not a form of ID in Europe. Oh, really? Yeah, it's very different than the United States. So we now both have um, these uh, Italian ID cards where we can go to Germany with them. Um, We don't have to travel with a passport, which is nice. Oh, that's pretty. And then um, what other paperwork did we have to do? Uh, We had to get um, in the healthcare system. So um, we went to the um, Department of Health and got signed up for the socialized uh, medicine here. And I can say I have gone to some uh, um, general uh, annual appointments that women take care of. Mm -hmm. And the equipment and the professionalism is the exact same as the United States. Beautiful. So awesome. So what th- that was what I did the first six months is I got all of our paperwork in order. Right. And um, we also went to school to learn the language. Um, so at this point, I would say our language skills are very um, high level survival skills, okay. we can get the point across <laughs> right. of what we need, what we want, and directions. And so <laughs> <That's good. laughs> that's what we did. And then once, yeah. once we got settled, um, and it made sense that we were in the region where my family is because I had to go back to my village and get certain paperwork. And so I, my husband really loved the South as well. I mean, it's really beautiful, but for me, it was too remote. Um, it's the most remote region in all the country. Uh, they don't even have an airport. And so train service is super spotty. If you want to get to Naples, you have to take a bus. 
and um, it's limited. So they would, it, it would be the first bus of the day would leave at six 30 and there weren't very many more options. So it would take the first bus out. And then they, the last bus, there was, there was like four buses There's two in the morning and two in the evening that would bring you back and forth. So I just wasn't easy for me. Uh, I'd like to get out and I love public transportation. I love the train system. So we went more central and then that's how we ended up in Arezzo, which is in Tuscany. So it's not the North. It's not the South. It's center. So it's, it's kind of like right. Sacramento. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Everything close to everything, two hours from everything. And with great train service. That's so, and it, it's also, here's another thing I do want to recommend that if anyone wants to do this yeah. is if you live in a small town, like we lived in, in Potenza, um, no tourists live there. It's not, no, I mean, it's not a tourist destination, I should say. Right. So people, they engage with you because they don't think you're a tourist. So people took us in and they were very generous with us. And we live in Arezzo, but um, it's not a huge tourist place like Florence. So we're a 45 minute train ride to Florence, but people don't look at us as a day tourist. So we also have been able to build relationships. I think it'd be more difficult to build relationships with locals in Florence, for instance, or Rome in a bigger city. That makes so sense. yeah, yeah, that would be my recommendation. Okay. And, and getting around on public transportation, you feel like it's easy or pretty. In Arezzo. Yes. You okay. can get to Florence. There's four trains an hour. Oh, it just great. depends at which one you want to go with because some are faster and some are slower because they go to smaller cities in between. Okay. So yes. And so are you driving at all or. Yeah, we have a car. I don't like to drive. Um, (laughs) Different here. Um, The roads were made for horseback in some cases, maybe horse and buggy. And they're they're not always wide. And and, um, also the police have um, can pull you over for no, no cause. And I've been pulled over twice and they can search your car. And um, my Italian isn't good enough to get by. And I always am nervous that I'm going to get pulled over. So I don't, my husband prefers to drive. I prefer public transportation. Okay. Gotcha. Nice. But I do have a Fiat. Okay, cool. (laughs) There you go. In Italy. That's right. That's right. Well, I've been following you on Instagram and you have just wonderful pictures and I love your write-ups are just, you know, I make, I feel like I'm there with you. And, um, I wonder what is your like strategy for doing your day trips and planning and, uh, there that's my sister would ask me when obscure places would come up. She said, mm-hmm. how did you know this place existed? <laughs> I prefer the obscure and small, mm-hmm. uh, because you, you can focus on that one thing that they're known for. I've gone to the, um, village that's known for making accordions. Yes. I went to the accordion museum <laughs> and it was Smithsonian quality. It was, the docent was amazing. The information was fabulous. And I geek out on that kind of stuff. So you really absorb the culture that way. Um, So how do I pick? My husband is an avid cyclist and he does a lot of um, biking events. And so he told me what city we were going to. And I said, hey, I think there's an accordion (laughs) museum there. Beautiful. (laughs) Because I, when thing, I do follow um, Instagram and Pinterest things that come up and, and things that look interesting, I go to. So uh, if hot springs come up that I, that I look, it looks like it'd be interesting place to go. 
I'll look into that and see the distance. But um, because my husband does cycle and I don't like to drive, um, when he goes to a place and we're driving, he's doing the driving. I say, oh, you know what? There's this monument or there's this church or there's this, there's, there's this side of this mountain in this meadow where it, they planted trees in the shape of Italy. I never thought in a million wow. years that I would ever make it to Castelluce because it was four and a half hours from our house and I would never drive there. And there's no public transportation there. It's, it's in the high Alpine, it's a high uh, Alpine meadow. So um, his desire to cycle has helped <laughs> <laughs> me to see these obscure sites, but yeah. I also like to go to, um, uh, gardens. I love, uh, Renaissance gardens. I'm not into Italianate. It's not my thing, but I can be picky now of what kind of garden to go to. <laughs> I love, um, glitz in the churches. So I love Byzantine. Okay. Um, I, I'm not, too much into Dominican or Franciscan. It's, it's very dull in comparison. Um, I like cities that have a certain continuity to them. So Florence is very Florentine. And um, even though they got terribly bombed during World War II, it still has the essence of Florence. Lecce in the South has uh, Baroque Mm. architecture that's phenomenal. And they didn't get bombed too badly in World War II. So it's intact well. So I enjoy cities that really have that flavor of a certain place and time where Rome, there's a lot going on and it does, you know, it's different. It doesn't have the same feel. It's not, you don't say, wow, this is so Roman because then you, it, it's different. There's a lot of things going on. I don't know how to t articulate the difference, but um, that's what I enjoy doing. And so what do I do? How do I pick these places if I'm in the area? Right. <laughs> How did you decide what you were going to take with you to Italy? Well, we were limited by the airline. So yes. <laughs> um, as I said, I brought a dog. So I brought my 10-year-old um, French bulldog who weighed 20 Bella. pounds. And she was getting older, but we were not going to leave her behind. Um so even though people did volunteer to take her, she was our family member. Right. So I took a dog stroller because she was old. <laughs> and so I took a dog stroller and then a, um, I think a 70 pound suitcase and a backpack. And that's all I could carry. And that included dog food. Okay. Amazing. <laughs> and I see you like on Instagram in a different outfit every time you're posting. So no, are you I threw all my clothes or? away? All the clothes I brought, I brought here. I, okay. I think maybe it's the scarves. I just mix up my scarves, all four of them. Oh, well, you always look so um, chic and put together. I love your clothes. Beautiful. Thanks. Um, but my husband brought a bicycle and a backpack and that's what we did, but we did have to buy warmer clothes when we got here because we, um, I think that people think that, um, Italy is Mediterranean weather all year long. And, uh, we have lived along the Apennini, which is the spine of Italy, which is their mountain range. Okay. And it does snow. Okay. So. <laughs> so we had to get winter gear. And my sister did the first winter we were here. Um, my sister came and visited, uh, and she brought my, um, Merrill hiking boots, which, made a huge difference because we all, we also went snowshoeing. So I needed something waterproof. So 
Right. Is there something about United States or particularly about Petaluma, California that you missed? Yes. <laughs> Mexican food. Okay, right. Um, and I, I, when I go back, I am going to, be going to go to a donut shop. I would kill for a chocolate French crawler okay. or even a maple French crawler, a maple bar, or a chocolate old fashioned. They don't have donuts here. Oh, really? That's amazing. Well, they, they think they do. They call them um, Chambello, but they're not like an American donut at all. You'll have to pop <laughs> up to Denmark and get a good pastry or something. <laughs> they have good pastries here. They just don't oh, okay. have donuts. Just not donuts. Okay. Got it. <laughs> okay. And what's one thing about Italy that you wish every American would know about? Well, not know about, I just, I, I just appreciate every UNESCO site. Mm. Um, they're, they're the most UNESCO sites in the world or of any country. Italy has the most of them. So they really preserve their history. And um, I appreciate that. Yeah. And, and there's so much history here. I just, I'm just a geek. I don't know if that's everyone <laughs> feels that way, that's but uh, you always can learn something here. And everything is so, um, has a detailed history. They really have been able to maintain the knowledge of what has gone on for hundreds of years. Well, amazing, amazing hearing about the, all of your adventures. I have 10 million more questions, so we might have to do a follow-up one day. But for now, I think we'll end with our rapid-fire questions. Are you ready? Yes. Okay. What is your favorite thing to do for self-care? Passanjata, walk around, just stroll. That's the word for to stroll. I love, there's a time in the afternoon where everyone gets out and strolls. Mm -hmm. And it's just nice to do the people walking and just enjoy the area around you. In any city, it's just what you do in the afternoon and evening. Passanjata? Yes, which means to stroll. To stroll. I love it. What is your favorite quote? Don't regret what you did do. Just regret what you haven't done. I, I'm not saying that correctly. I know which one you mean. Just, That's perfect. Yeah, yep. Just, yep. just get out there and do, do what you want to do. Right. What is something you're deeply grateful for? Health. Health. What is something most people don't know about you? I'm very shy and bashful. <laughs> uh, I'm pretty open book. <laughs> I, I don't think there's anything I, I, I'm capable of hiding. <laughs> what is your pet peeve? I don't know. Ending a sentence in a preposition. My mom would pinch me under my arm. <laughs> I, uh, yeah, I, I can see that. That would be... <laughs> Double negatives in English. Double negatives. <laughs> Things that I have a problem with in Italian, I, I can't do it. <laughs> and what's your favorite uh, clothing item? In the summer, 100% cotton, which is really hard to find in this fast fashion. Everything is nylon and it's very humid here. So um, 100% cotton is my friend. And then the winter, 100% wool because it is it gets very cold here. Well, thank you so much again for joining us today. It was just absolutely wonderful to connect with you and see you again and hear your wonderful laugh. Thank, thank you. you. 
Thank you for joining us for the Fab Podcast series, where we explore bringing fashion, adventure, beauty into our everyday lives. We would love to hear from you, and we welcome your thoughts, comments, and encouragement. If you have favorite tips about one of these topics, please let us know, and we'll certainly respond to you. We are interested in what you're looking to learn more about in these three categories, so please send us your questions and suggestions, and we'll be sure to reply to them all. If you enjoyed this program, please take a quick moment to like this video or share with a friend on Instagram. Until next time, we wish you fashion, adventure, beauty.